Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 245, recorded at Big Dog Studios in Eugene, Oregon. This show is made possible by... Hey y'all, are you looking for a place to start your herbal journey? PracticalHerbalist.com is the perfect place to get that basic information for you to get moving on your path into herbalism. ThePracticalHerbalist.com Now, here are your hosts. I'm Candace Hunter. I'm Patrick Hunter. And welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. Hey Patrick, how hey. you doing? Hey, Candace, I'm good. How's it going? Did you cook <laughs> up anything going. fun? Oh, you know, I got a big pot of chili cooking right now. I cooked my beans just right. Did you? I followed Phyllis's method. All right, then. She really inspired me. Did she? She really inspired me. After the Herbs in Action Summit, I really got thinking about what she had to say about recovery and using diet and nutrition to help you with recovering from illness. And I thought, well... You can use that to help prevent too. So I really was listening carefully to what she said in the summit and then looking at ways to apply some of that, not so much the like the specific recovery foods, like we're not eating gruel every day. Sure. You know? But but to go back yeah. just one second, for all of you that don't know, you can go to the herbsinaction.com website to watch Phyllis's uh, talk on that because yep. it's still up and it's still available. So I just want to let everyone know because you said Summit and there might be new oh, yeah. listeners that don't know what the Summit was. Right. Yes. And I'll, we'll make sure we have a, sh- a link in the show notes Great. too. But anyway, I started thinking about what she was talking about with using food to really build your system. And I thought, well, we really need to do that before cool flu and cold season comes this year because of COVID. Right. You know. Extra, extra nutrition. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's part of why I wanted to get her back on the show because I wanted her to talk about some of the prevention elements of how you can build a strong system by just providing your body good nutrition. And that is uh, one of the things that, you know, now that we've been into COVID for so many months, the, the thing that they're, the things that they're finding the common uh, things are uh, good nutrition, and that really includes um, vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc. You know, being really high on those levels throughout will help you in your immune system. Yeah. So making sure you have those um, nutrients or vitamins along with everything else that goes around them uh, is only going to benefit you through both the flu and the COVID season now because we might as well just say we're in a COVID season. Right. You know, yeah. and, and from what I understand, it's possible that we may be heavy COVID season each year. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of sounds like it's going to be a little bit like the medieval plague seasons. Although in our case, it'll probably be more likely to be worse during the winter than during the summer. Yeah. Um, you know, possibly for sure. You know, it's a hard one to, to notice, but we do see things happening. But, um, you know, I think you were right with, with um, Phyllis. Uh, you know, you would... We had always uh, cooked beans and did things like that, but just that one technique changed everything on that. Oh, yeah. The beans are so much better. They taste so much better. It's surprising. It shocked me. Yeah, and they're creamier and they're – yeah, I mean it's – yeah, I I wouldn't even know – notice that uh, there's no meat in the dishes. Like you're making a chili (laughs) even today and I'm really excited about. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, hopefully I'm trying some new giant can of – Tomato puree you brought home, so well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a friend of mine's neighbor, so a little side story, a friend of mine's neighbor uh, owned a salsa-making company, mm-hmm. and they did everything, organic ingredients and all that stuff. Well, he decided that instead of making salsa in, in, in Oregon, he wants to make salsa in Arizona. 
Sure. So he left, but he left a bunch of stuff behind and said to my friend, hey, why don't you take all this? And there was like two or three cases of six to ten – six or ten can – gallon can cases of, of organic – Tomato sauce or puree. So we have. Yeah, but the, the can is like. It's the, a gallon. When you remember back when you were, well, some of us, when we were children, we had the giant Folgers coffee can. That's what it is. Yeah, it's a gallon. It's a gallon. <laughs> it's a huge can. Of yeah, and puree. we have like six or 10 of them now. Yeah. So I figured, well, let's, let's, you know, make some beans and make some chili. And we'll give the other can to my kid, our kid, and say, here, rice in, in red sauce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, so. Um, Anyway, so, that was yeah. a great technique on that and what she was talking about. And I think, you know, what we found is through COVID and people having more, a little more time to be at home and not as much about being out to eat or using the conveniences of, of you know, modern day. I mean, a lot of restaurants aren't even open or are barely. Or open. if they are open, it's completely takeout. So you have to go there, get it and bring it home anyway. Yeah. So a lot of things, and we've seen this um, – even locally, a lot of gardens have popped up. People have raised yeah. beds. There's people are harvesting. People are learning. They have all this stuff to do. You know, um, CSA uh, subscriptions are on the rise over over the the last six months, um, which just means that now you've got all this produce. You have all this food coming in. What mm-hmm. do you do with it? And for a lot of people, you know, we're not one of those people because we we cook. We've been cooking. We've always cooked. We oh, yeah. you know we've been people. In fact, most of our friends are like you you cook. Yeah, um, right. You know, but she has some really great tips on uh, how to bring cooking back into your life because it's not yeah. just I'm going to cook tonight. I mean, you have to think about it. It's oh, a process. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I put I thought I decided yesterday afternoon, early afternoon that I was definitely going to make chili. I put the beans to soak right away. They soaked till this morning. Mm-hmm. And then this morning I put them on and, and my son actually helped with watching, minding them as they did their first, you know, 15 minutes of boil mm-hmm. um, because I was busy with something else. And, you know, we got that got that going. And then I put all of the beans plus the other stuff, ingredients I needed into my crock pot. And right now the crock pot is doing the rest of the work for me. So... It was planning, but it, it's going to make for a really comforting, delicious, home-style meal that I'm not really putting – I mean it's not that much work to put into it, you know? You know. Not only that, the side benefit from that is when you come home and the house smells like food, you're less apt right. to say, you know, let's just go out to eat. Right. Yes. Because, it's a lot. Yeah. You, if anything, even if the food that you know you put on, like you're like, oh, I don't feel like chili tonight. You get there and you can smell it. You're like – Oh, guilt factor. I made it. I really got to eat it. Mm-hmm. Let's We'll save out to eat for a different day. Right. And I think, you know, personally, I, you know, out to eat is much more of a – and always been in my mind um, a special meal, um, an event. Oh, come on. To be thing, fair, you, know. you and I have been bad over the past three years. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to – I'm only going to go back three years. We've eaten out or gotten food from out on average, I would bet – Three to five meals a week minimum. That's lunch. Uh, it's, it's still. Lunch. It, uh, I'll count it as lunch. It's, Talking dinner. When I was a, <laughs> when I was a kid, when I was a kid, and my like when I was eighteen, when my and my the way my parents lived, we got out to eat once a week on Friday for dinner. That was it. And I can't remember if my parents were consistent through my high school years with that or not. Out to eat was always either 
Little Caesars Pizza, Taco Bell, Tacos, or White Castle Sliders. Those are like the three options we had on our out-to-eats. So we weren't going for highfalutin, fancy pants restaurants or anything like that. But, you know, and that was like the height of the eating out. When I was even younger, there was like mm, no eating out most weeks, mm-hmm. you know. And then then it was actually like when we had out-to-eat, it actually was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. when we were kids, it was the same way. We had a family of five. And yeah. if we went out, it was it was you know it was specific. There was a lot of you know you know. And I think you know here's an here's an interesting observation along that. You had a parent home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a parent home. But even when I did, like through high school, my mom and dad both worked. Yeah, until but, high school but your they mom, didn't. But was your mom full time working at that point? Yeah, or was she yeah. just you know? Yeah, but by high school she had. She had figured out how to do her meals so that she she planned ahead. Right. So it was a meal and prep. And then she would have my sister or I put on the rice for dinner or put on the this or right. I learned to make chili back then. I mm-hmm. mean it was a you know package style, but I learned how to do minimal amounts of cooking to help her out. Well, exactly. But it, it comes back to that idea of prep. And I know mm-hmm. that, you know, my parents, the way that we had to – we lived when I remember, you know, we would go to the grocery store once a month. Yeah, and you guys did have a parent home. Yeah, and we did. Because your dad didn't work full time right. through that and, time. And, uh, yeah. you know, but there was still, we, all the food was purchased. And, you know, we had, we, and to hate to say it, but we had the nights. We had hamburger night. Yeah. We had spaghetti <laughs> night. We had pork night. You know, we had whatever. And then Sunday was typically a dinner, a big dinner that was not of any of that. It could be. A fancy pants but yeah, dinner. But it's sometimes, roast you know, and that dinner would take longer. It would take all day to cook. Yeah. It was a roast or it was. You know, stuffed cabbage, or it was whatever it was. But the point was, it was the family it was came a big together. Family to cook. dinner on yeah. on. No, we didn't come together to cook. The kids were we were doing our own thing. Mom, dad, but but the point was is that it was a big dinner and it was a Sunday. But everything was planned. I mean, yeah. And I know my parents did the did the um, scheduling along that. You know, tonight's bacon night or what? Not bacon night, but yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, because it was easy yeah. to budget for. It was easy to plan for. Right. Everybody knew what that yeah. was and everybody knew. The only thing that might change would be like the side dish. Was it going right. to be beans or was it going to be corn or was it going to be, right. you know, something yeah. like that. But the general meat of our meal the was always yeah. going to be planned out. You know, Monday is pork chop night. It has, it will, and forever shall be known as such. <laughs> right. And if you deviate from pork chop night, there's a problem. Right. You know, uh, <laughs> so that's, you know, that was the thing that, that how my family did it. And but when she was talking about now, we've gotten away from that planning and being more in a, you know, triage type of situation. Oh, my God, it's five o'clock. We got kids home. We got to eat something. And we've only and, got 25 minutes. And so right. we have to go for the after school exactly. activity. So I don't you don't have a crock pot full of food ready to go or yeah. not. What are you going to do? Let's get in the car. We'll get something on the way. Yeah. And I've watched a lot of families eat a lot of fast food because they could eat it in the car on their way racing to the next racing event. to the one thing to the next thing and i think what yeah. anything you know a, a, if you want to call it a benefit from covid is that people have had to slow down yeah they haven't had those activities they have one activity now maybe yeah uh they have time they've spent more time together and one of the positive benefits from all this is many people have said i don't want to go back to what we were doing before because i don't like it yeah yeah you know? yeah I've I've personally liked seeing that shift in our culture. I think it's better for us to take the time to slow down, be with whomever we're with, 
and eat, you know, like sit down at a table, turn off the TV, sit down at a table and eat a meal and just talk to one another. Right. It's very old fashioned, but, but honestly, I mean, there's conversation in Ayurveda or there's teachings or whatever in Ayurveda about, and I think Chinese medicine has it too, that when you're eating, you should eat. And you you need to be there and be present. And if you do so, you'll digest better. Mm -hmm. Just by being in the moment, you digest better, which means your body takes in the nutrition better, which means you're generally healthier. And it really just comes back to preparing a meal and eating the meal together. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, you know, if you're a single person, eating it mindfully without a TV or a book or something to fill your head. Instead, just pay attention to the food you're eating. Which is hard because if you are alone and sometimes that TV or whatever is is your, your, I don't want to say it, but your companion. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the week that you were gone, you went back, uh, back what? East, mm-hmm. <laughs> back east. You went back east to, you know, see the family and pick up Finn. And during that week, I was home alone and it was just me and, you know, Jasper and Kiko and Arthur and, you know, the whole entire flock and mm-hmm. Sweet Annie and the mm-hmm. court, you mm-hmm. know. But but they were outside. So there was just the four of us inside. And of the four of us, I'm the only one who tends to speak aloud. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really just me, right? And I felt a few times very tempted to break away from, you know, eating with – break away from just eating. I, I had just – one of the things I decided that week I was going to focus on was not turning on the TV for the entire week. The whole mm-hmm. plan was to not turn the TV on, not look at any movies or TVs or anything like that and only listen to audiobooks. And when I listened to audiobooks, it could be like while I was knitting or doing other things but not during a meal. During meals, I needed to just be me and give it a try because, you know, it's rare that I eat by myself. I have a family that's always around, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, there are a few nights where I was really finding it hard to just be there in the silence. And I can imagine that if that's what you do every day because you live, you know, alone, it would be really challenging to not listen to a book or watch a TV show or turn the radio on or something. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know like even um, when I would have lunch at home, mm-hmm. um, especially when you were doing your um, lunchtime meetings, I'd always have – I'd put the TV on and I'd have a talk show on while I was cooking and yeah. preparing my lunch and getting things set. And then that's, that's what I would listen to while I was – you know, while I was doing all that because I, I wanted the noise and I wanted the people. Mm-hmm. I, I rarely would just sit down and, you know, not have that. Yeah. Um, so I completely understand it. But when you focus just on your food and you do turn that stuff off, the food becomes more vibrant, which is great unless, of course, what you're eating is something you don't really love, in <laughs> which case it's not as great. <laughs> It did encourage me during that week to start really thinking more mindfully about what I was cooking and what I was eating because, mm-hmm. you know, I I'm, I'm, have been known to just eat raw vegetables because they're fast and easy <laughs> and not do anything fancy with them. And they're not bad, but there's so much more that you can do. 
And when all you're doing is focusing just on your food and you've got an apple, a carrot, and a chunk of cabbage, and that's all you've got that you're eating because you were too lazy to actually do something with it, and there's no dressing or anything, and you have nothing to distract yourself, that gets really, really boring really, really fast. It does. Yeah. Really, really boring. Yeah. And, you know, the with the introduction of um, – Instapot now and mm-hmm. these things where you can use pressure as well. You can do dinners yeah. so much faster. I mean, you could cook beans pretty quickly if you want to. Yeah. Rice is quicker. Yeah. You know, if you are still a meat eater, which is fine, no, no judgment here. Yeah. Um, you, I mean, one of my favorite things that when we did that, when we had our Instapot was to do a, a Kahlua, Kahlua pork, which is a smoked, you know, pork roast. That can, mm-hmm. You do that in like 40 minutes. Right. And it was pork tender and just oh, yeah. amazing. Everyone loved it. You know? Yeah, and it's super easy to like find recipes for a lot oh, of that stuff. Yeah, totally. Uh, so you know, those are the things that I think um, more produce available, more planning, easier production. Why are we not all eating at home? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're right. Phyllis is right. Eat at home. Yep. Plan it out a bit. It also makes it easier to budget for it. And the other good benefit is, especially if you're with a couple or family or whatever, it's time to really connect. I mean, I don't know how many conversations have gotten spurred because we've all just been sitting at the table eating. Yeah. That we wouldn't have normally received. It's like choosing to take your kids somewhere. You know, you may not ever talk about anything, but there'll be that one moment where something comes up and then you have this great conversation that you never would have had had not been there. Yeah. Yeah. So that is true. Just be there, I guess, and experience it. It's mm-hmm. fun. Now a little, little word from the old sponsors. Hey, did you get over to see the Herbs in Action Summit? Did you see the great website they have? Mud Pod Design created all of it. They know how to make an idea and a short, in, in a short term turn it into a business. If you have an idea or a company that needs a website that isn't some cookie cutter freebie web service, Mud Pod Design can help you out. They offer free consults to help you focus your idea or if you have a good website, try to make it even better. And... More importantly, get found with SEO services. If you're in the, in the need for website or marketing services, check out mudpawdesign.com. So we're back. So you've got a question today. Um, well, we have a question today, and we got this from our, our really cool little chat bubble thing on the front of our website, which, you know, we like to man as much as we can, but it doesn't always happen. Uh, so you can always send an email through that. And today's question is from Nikki L. And Nikki asks... Hi, my mother-in-law gave me a family recipe for a salve I want to make, but it uses something called black rosin. I can't find anything about it online. Do you know what it is? Nikki, that is an awesome question. And the very quick and fast answer is no, I actually really can't tell you exactly what that is. (laughs) What I can tell you, though, is that in – I know in a lot of Southern medicine, herbal medicine preparations, and I also recall it being a part of um, Russian, Siberia, Northern Europe preparations, they use pine pitch or pitch from conifer trees, which they then boil down and it becomes essentially a black rosin. Rosin, like what's used on bowstrings, for instance, in instruments, is a purified, if you will, pitch from conifer trees. The types of trees vary with the types of rosins, and there's all kinds of variations in the musical world I'm not going to even try to get into. 
about why you use this one versus that one. Mm -hmm. Sometimes rosins are black and sometimes they're more amber colored overall. So my best guess for you is that probably black rosin in your mother-in-law's recipe is probably a pine pitch or similar pitch-based preparation that's probably the pitch boiled down so that it got to the point where it turned black in the processing. Right. And, and, I, <laughs> and during the, the bit of research we did on this, uh, rosin is used as an emulsifier. So yes. if this is in a salve, it could be, that could be the emulsifier. Yes. Right. Right. So if, you're, if your recipe does not include beeswax or an oil like coconut oil or shea butter that are hard at room temperature, yeah. there's a very good chance that that's what the black rosin is in there to do in part. If it is a pine pitch-based preparation, like I think, I'm guessing it is, it would also be contributing some antibacterial types of properties and that sort of thing. Which would make uh, sense because pine pitch and all that. Right. Pine, yep. So you could, one avenue you could potentially go is making the recipe using a beeswax rather than the black rosin um, and possibly incorporating pine essential oils or pine infused oils if you don't have pine resin. Another avenue you could go would be to get some pine pitch and use that and assume that that's probably what the black rosin is. Um, And then the question I have for our listeners is if there's anybody out there who knows what black rosin is and has worked with it or knows how to come by it, please do give me a shout. Um, Write an email to Candice at thepracticalherbalist.com and let me know what you know. I will make sure that we pass it on through the uh, on the show, and then I'll make sure that Nikki gets any links or information as well. Perfect. All right. Thanks, Nikki, for the question. Yeah. Okay. And with that, I guess, put, put an, an herb, herb on it. it. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with a healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.